Welcome to The Home Medic. You're listening to the series on carbon monoxide in your house. Welcome back to The Home Medic, where, as always, we help you keep your money and your wallet, your family, out of the hospital. McKay Tautu. Your, uh, your your family tends to spend some time in the hospital on occasion. That's that's kind of what I hear. It's because I have boys, Garth. Yeah. Athletic boys. They, uh, they That does tend to result in some... It really doesn't have anything to do with my house, but yeah, it has to do with the boys. Yeah. And football well, and rugby. I, uh, I'm not sure that we can help you uh, keep the kids <laughs> out of the hospital because of the, uh, the rugby and the football. Oh, man. Uh, but we are going to talk today about how to keep them out of the hospital as relates to carbon monoxide. Oh, this is a good subject. So um, I have a couple of stories to begin with. Okay. Back in the day, back when hatchbacks were actually a thing. Hatchback cars? Hatchback well, cars. Well, they are again. They are All again. these little, you know, crossovers are hatchback so i was a 20 something uh young dad and we had this uh all i had was cars and let me guess a mint green pinto (laughs) (laughs) almost that bad not that one it probably was mint green um so what we had go we had to take the lawnmower someplace and i don't even remember why but I packed this lawnmower in the back of, of the hatchback car. Okay, uh-huh. And I packed my kids and, you know, where they belong. And then me and the wife head off and go somewhere with this lawnmower attached or in the back. And then the hatchback mostly kind of sort of closed. Okay. And so by the time we got where we were going, it was, I don't know, about five miles away. We all noticed that we were definitely getting fumes, but more so, uh, we were in trouble, all of us, for a few days. And the reason for that is the carbon monoxide from the exhaust pipe... Was coming right up was, into the car. Was coming right up into the car. Because you didn't have the hatchback completely closed? So right. did you just jimmy-rig it? You just tied it down? Yeah, I, I, I used something that I'm sure was... <laughs> Super safe. <laughs> Home medic approved. <laughs> yeah, it might not be home medic approved at this point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I learned at that point that point that uh, yes, there is backflow from that tailpipe um, mm. up into the breathing space, and yes, that definitely caused problems for all of us. Um, that's carbon monoxide. If things had gotten worse, we could have all landed either in, either in uh, the hospital or, of course, the morgue would have been an option, a oh, possibility no, too. Oh, no, let's not go there. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I kind of learned not to do that. Wow, that's a tough lesson. Yeah. The uh, Then as the home inspector, you know, fast forward a number of years, as the home inspector, I got into an apartment. It was pretty small. And it was a bunch of girls living in there. I think uh, you're you're talking maybe six, seven hundred square feet for four girls. All right, that's that's common. Yeah, college life. College life. So you had this little entry slash family room slash living room slash office that was maybe I don't know, a little over a hundred square feet. Right. And then the tiny kitchen and then bedrooms. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of similar for you know what you expect out of. Y'all college had to life. share a sink and steal each other's clothes and yep 
I remember. I have some stories I could tell about that, too. (laughs) Okay. That would not be home medic related. Okay, fine. Okay, so how does carbon monoxide come into this? So what I did, you did, you go in the front door, you're in the family room, and then there's a little closet off to the side. All right, I've got it in my head. And now I go in there, this closet actually has the water heater. Mm. The water heater did not have a combustion air source. So basically the air that was trying to leave through the flu could not leave. Oh, wow. And as a result, you had this this carbon monoxide reading, seven parts per million of a continuous air input into this tiny girl's apartment. Oh, wow. Did they have you come in because they thought there was a problem or were you doing other work? No, I was just there to be the home inspector. Wow. And so I uh, started asking these girls, you know, do you have headaches? Do you feel nausea? And they go, yeah, all the time. And it was because they were being poisoned by carbon monoxide. That is so terrifying. So I guess the first thing that we need to point out, one of the bullet points that you might not have known about carbon monoxide is... If you got headaches, dizziness, nausea, uh, that can be a sign of carbon monoxide poisoning. Right. Uh, how long, do you know how long you can go on with just that before it gets worse? Because obviously these girls have been living there for a while, right? Right, right. Yeah, how long, how long do you have until you die? I don't have that answer. Oh man, that is so scary. You know, that of course can vary depending on whether somebody opens a window, how often the door gets opened, you know, what a person's mm. internal physiology is, you sure. know, whether the internal um, level inside that property is, you know, whether it's 40 or 400. Tell me this, in an apartment complex, if you have carbon monoxide poisoning in one unit, does mm-hmm. it go to other units? Can, it can a lot. Again, that depends. As the meth remediator, quite often I will see where a um, where a furnace might be shared between maybe all two or all four units inside oh, the complex. Right. And if so, and you're talking meth, then you've got to decontaminate all four units. Yes. Similarly, if you've got a shared furnace and or or system that is causing the contaminated carbon monoxide air to into the same space, then uh, yeah, you could very easily be easily be sharing your carbon monoxide poisoning with everybody else. All right. So too. what do we need to do to to prevent this? So what we need to do, there's some inspection points that I need um, you and the listener to look for. Number one would be this uh, nifty little item called a combustion air source. Nobody's ever heard of that. Eh, well, I, I guess there's probably a few plumbers and HVAC guys and home inspectors who've heard of this. Uh, basically, all it is is a pipe brought into the room, the same room that the water heater is in, from the exterior, and its only purpose is to replace the air that's leaving through the water heater. All right. I know exactly where that is on my house, actually. Yeah? Well, I have an unfinished basement, so it's easy to see where that exits the house. It is surprising how many properties don't have that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and as if you're listening, I want you to go home and take a look at that. Now, that is one of about 50 ways that you can have your home filled up with carbon monoxide. We're going to talk about some of the others as well. Um Backdrafting. Let's say, for example, you know, and the the combustion air source helps with this one, but let me just paint a picture. 
Okay, I love it when you do that. Let's do this. Okay, so let's paint a picture. Uh, let's say that it's winter. Mm-hmm. Let's say the fireplace is on. Uh, do we have a wood fireplace or a gas, or do we have both? Well, I know you love wood fireplaces. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Garth hates wood fireplaces. <laughs> let's go for the wood fireplace. Should we have? Should we throw a gas fireplace in too? Yes, let's do both. And let's say that we have maybe the bathroom vent on. All right. And it's pulling air out. All these are pulling air out. Mm-hmm. So we... all the fireplaces are on at the same time? Yep. Whoa. Yeah, because, all right. because we've got... 30 of our closest friends over for maybe Christmas. I was just thinking the same thing. Christmas party. Okay. okay. And uh, so our closest friends are all going potty and it all always stinks. And so they all have the fans <laughs> on in all of the bathrooms. All right. We've got Uncle Fred over. And... Okay. 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 I totally, it's in my head. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> so, um, and then let's say that uh, Aunt Sally is also cooking on the stove and she's burning it and she has the uh, the vent in the kitchen that's also exhausting air out. All right. And let's say somebody's running a load of laundry and that's exhausting air out of the house. Okay, this is actually realistic. Those three things could easily be on at the same time. Okay. So I just provided a, you know, a little list of reasons why air might be leaving the home in volume. Right. And if that's the case, and we have either no combustion air source or a blocked combustion air source, uh, the only way for the house to get replacement air is down through the, those flues from the furnace and water heater. Mm. So if the water heater is trying to exhaust air and it can't, and you, because you're getting air come the other way as, as replacement air, mm-hmm. then the carbon monoxide stays in the house and Uncle Fred and Aunt Sally both become statistics. So if that site is blocked, what are some reasons it would be blocked? I mean, my guess would be critters, even, even dust and yeah, like uh, animal hair or what else can get in there? Critters can do it. Quite often I will see where homeowners don't like that cold, nasty draft in the winter Mm -hmm. because it does its job. It brings in cold air from the outside. Right. And so quite often I will see people stuff those with pillows. I've seen that. Yeah. I, I know some people who are guilty of that. Let's just say that I'm related. Oh, to the home medic. It's in their blood. <laughs> that's shameful. Carbon monoxide is also in their blood. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. So, um, yeah, and we're going to talk about some other ways to have carbon monoxide issues. I guess we'll, we'll dedicate this one exclusively to the combustion air source because that certainly deserves its own segment. All right. So if I'm not sure if my home has one, I mean, my basement's easy because it's unfinished and I just see right there the water heater. I can follow it up in the ceiling of the basement to the outside. Right. So if I don't have that and say my water heater is um, on an upper level, uh-huh. How do I know? You will still want to get into, you know, whether you have one or two or in your case, if you're master of your mansion, maybe you've got four water heaters because oh, your mansion because is that large. Because we all take baths at the same time in our <laughs> own rooms. Yeah, you never know when Uncle, when Uncle Fred and Aunt Sally might need it. <laughs> Um, so if you've, basically what you're doing is you're going into the rooms that have a furnace and or water heater and you're just looking for, it's usually an eight inch diameter pipe. That, All right. that goes apparently to and from nothing. It's just going to be, you know, usually it's near the ceiling. If the home was built in the early or mid 90s, there might be two of them, but it's just an open pipe. 
Is there a certain age of home where they didn't put them in at all? Uh, yeah, that was back in the 70s. And all right. What they would do back then, or previous to the 70s for that matter, is what they would do then is they would put a louvered door in front of the furnace. Mm-hmm. And the expectation was that we would... Uh, replace the air through the louver door, and then we would draw that replacement air from around the doors and windows. Right. Because back in the 70s, we had terrible seal seals on the doors and windows, and so you could reasonably expect that to happen. <laughs> so you already had a draft, so you didn't need to create <laughs> That's right. one. Everything okay. about the house back in the 70s was... Perfect. <clears throat> yeah, okay. was perfect. And flat roofs, but we'll talk about that so in another show. So then as the home inspector, I come in and I see where maybe a home was built in the 70s and you still got the louver door, you don't have the combustion air source, but now you got brand new doors and windows. Mm. And so then we go back to we've got a potential carbon monoxide issue. It doesn't sound like a very expensive fix. No. And this follow this falls into the same $10 fix, $10,000 fix that uh, so many other things do. All right. So tell me this. Um, do you have a favorite carbon monoxide detector? And where should we have them? And how many should we have? So what you're going to want to do, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm not going to name brands because, again, years can change, uh, brands can change, etc. But uh, what you're going to want to do is have a carbon monoxide detector near anything that could potentially produce carbon monoxide. That's going to be, of course, your furnace, your water heater, uh, fireplaces, uh, open flames, that sort of thing. And <clears throat> usually for carbon monoxide, uh, CO carbon monoxide is heavier than air. It's gonna it's gonna uh, pool at the bottom level, so you'll want to have one near the floor at your bottom level. If you got a basement, yeah, you put that down there. <clears throat> oh, okay, because I have one that is on my ceiling. Yes, and a lot of people do. And the only time when that's helpful, if you have a raging fire, there will be carbon monoxide associated with that raging fire. <laughs> And but by the time you have the raging fire, you're hopefully out of your house. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that raging fire, the CO detector will go off before the heat detector does. But for for a, a lot of carbon monoxide sources, by the time that CO detector goes off on the ceiling of your second story, everybody's already dead. I am so glad to learn that because mine is on the ceiling. So the ones that plug in, my old home, it plugged in. Uh-huh. That's probably the best one. Yeah, yeah. Plug in near the floor on the bottom level. And, and it would always be, of course, a good idea to have one on each level. But again, if you're trying to protect yourself from a fire, it's the ceiling. If you're trying to protect yourself from the ooze, if you will, mm. it's the floor. Okay, got it. All right, so more information, homemedicusa.com. Should we uh, Should we put you in a mansion? Yeah. All right, should, okay. should we make it a 70s mansion? It could be a 70s mansion, but I've completely gutted the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we have put four bathtubs in. <laughs> They're all beautiful and huge, and there's four water heaters. So we, We've got enough for Uncle Fred and Aunt Sally. And your two teenage girls and me. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, our carbon monoxide detectors, we've got one on every level. Okay. What else in this mansion? This is kind of a boring mansion. Hey, it's the 70s. But it's safe. It is. Which wasn't all the time in the 70s. <laughs> no. You're talking air breathing. <laughs> no, it was not safe back in the 70s. 70s was a very uh, unsafe that's decade. Funny. That's a little ironic. Aluminum okay. wiring, asbestos. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. And uh, breathing all kinds of things back then. (laughs) (laughs) It it was a bad decade. Trust me, I survived it. So um, I guess there's there's that whole finish line we finish up with, right? Something about I don't know. Be yourself, because. Because Garth Haslam is taken. The seventies will thankfully never happen again. (laughs) Thanks, Mickey. Hi, this is Julie with your natural solutions tip for the day. Which bring my favorites, lemon, lavender, and peppermint essential oils. What do they do, Jules? What I love about those three oils is it promotes clear breathing and healthy respiratory functions. Which are so crucial at certain point times of the year. I love taking them before I go out to garden or... Or hike during the spring and the fall. So if you are one of those many, many people like me who suffer from seasonal threats, you will definitely want to give lemon, lavender, and peppermint a try. Couple drops under your tongue. Voila! If you want to know more, contact us at naturalsolutions at homemedicworld.com.